Conservation groups applauded. Some industry groups expressed outrage. In his first interview since retiring, federal judge James Redden told a reporter from public television that the four dams on the lower Snake River should be breached for the sake of salmon recovery. I think we need to take those dams down. We're talking basically down right up the Snake River. But uh, in trying to take out a dam is not, is not very difficult. It's a lot easier than it is putting them up. But you don't just take the whole thing down. You just, just let the water go around it. You just dig out the ditch and let it go around. Thirteen species of salmon in the Columbia and Snake River system were first listed in the Endangered Species Act in the early 1990s. The federal government was then required to put together a plan to restore them. It turned into the Pacific Northwest's biggest court fight over fish. U.S. District Judge James Redden poured over thousands of pages of research and listened to hundreds of hours of testimony before retiring from the salmon case late last year at the age of 82. Speaking to a reporter for Idaho Public Television, Judge Redden said the Ice Harbor, Lower Monumental, Little Goose, and Lower Granite dams along the Lower Snake River should come down. As unprecedented as it may sound, the breaching of hydroelectric dams in the region is already underway. The Elwha River Dam in western Washington was a source of water power and controversy for over a century, but now it's history. Contractors channeled the river 10 times in order to demolish the dam in the dry before setting the river back in its natural place. Work was halted during fish runs, staying true to the environmental mission of the demolition. The largest dam removal in U.S. history requires the restoration of the local ecosystem by a unique partnership between government agencies and tribes. The other dam removal project begun last year was the breaching of the Condit Dam on the White Salmon River near the Columbia River Gorge. Pat Ford, executive director of the Save Our Wild Salmon Coalition, says conservation groups were pleased to hear Judge Redden's conclusion after so many years. I mean, Judge Redden has done more for Idaho salmon and steelhead than anyone uh, in the last 20 years. He's a real hero to those of us who care about salmon. And uh, so we're pleased with his statement, and uh, we think it indicates that he's paid very close attention to the science of this issue. Redden's oversight of the process has included three rejected operations plans for salmon recovery and continued production of hydropower along the Columbia and Snake Rivers over the past 10 years. The commercial and sport fishing industries have been key partners of conservationists throughout the process, but Congressman Doc Hastings from Washington and other industries are unhappy with Judge Redden's latest statement and have begun using rhetoric about his so-called radical agenda. The Lewiston Tribune reported that Hastings now claims he has suspected Judge Redden of activist bias for years. Pat Ford from Save Our Wild Salmon says these are exaggerations and that Judge Redden is a conservative judge. You can tell that he pays very close attention to the law, to the limits of the law. Uh, he has rarely been overturned on appeal on any case, and he's never been overturned on appeal on his salmon cases, uh, even though there have been attempts to do so. Uh, he also paid very close attention to the details here. He paid a lot of attention to the science uh, over the 10 years he was on the case. He gave the federal government repeated uh, opportunities to fix their plan without trying to dictate what they should do to do so. He grew increasingly impatient with their refusal to modify their plan to, to uh, comply with the law. 
While Congressman Hastings insists he's in favor of salmon abundance, his assertion is that breaching the dams would come at too great a cost to the supply of hydropower and shipping interests. Pat Ford says removing the lower Snake River dams would be an economic benefit to the region. They're fairly marginal dams and they provide some benefit, but not much, and the benefit they do provide is declining. Uh, Only, I think, 19 farms draw irrigation water from these reservoirs in Washington state, and those farms can still draw raw water from the river after the dams are removed. Uh, The navigation component, which is the main reason they were built to make Lewiston, Idaho, an inland seaport, has been in decline for the past decade, and I think it's irreversible decline. The farmers and wheat growers in that country that used to be the main uh, folks who would ship on that waterway are now shipping mostly to Tacoma by road and rail. Uh, and I don't see any change in that. I see the, the navigation side of the equation getting less and less. So that leaves energy. Uh, the dams generate about 1,000 average megawatts. Uh, we've done a lot of work to conclude that that power can be affordably replaced. Indeed, we're in an energy surplus now in the Northwest. It's going to last for a while. So now is the best possible time to act on them. So if you add all that up with the benefits that removing them would bring to the fishing industry, to the boating industry, uh, to tourism and recreation in eastern Washington, uh, we think it's an economic winner. What Save Our Wild Salmon wants to see happen next is a legal, science-based stakeholder planning process, rather than waiting for federal agencies to make yet another attempt to come up with solutions behind closed doors. Pat Ford believes energy users, wheat growers, fishermen, and conservationists could sit down together and talk. Meanwhile, Idaho Public Television's documentary on salmon is expected to air in July. For the KRBX News Experience, I'm Gavin Dahl.